in this, thank you, Nate. In this, my, uh, my last son is graduating from high school in, I think, 40 days and counting. And one of our major goals has been accomplished as a family. Um, and it, it's this. When we moved to Natomas some 12 years ago, my dream was that I would get to raise my boys in the same community, going to the same schools, shopping at the same grocery store, uh, ordering the same pizza, eating at the same Mexican restaurants for a decade plus. I wanted just some consistency because my dream has been that my sons would have growing relationships in the same community, that they would have growing um, uh, extended friends and support a network. And that goal has just about been fulfilled. Bing, done, excited about graduation, so excited about it, and it's going to be, it's going to be a choker. I mean, I, I already got choked up the other day thinking, man, my last boy is graduating, Ugh. Uh, it's going to be tough, but I, it's all been so fun, and now, we, Melissa and I have new goals and new dreams, um, and some of those dreams, I think, are, are God's dreams, they're not just ours, we, we really have uh, a new mutual interest in really taking care of our bodies. We're eating the same now. And if you've ever tried a diet that uh, was um, maybe different than what was being cooked, you know that uh, you end up getting cooked. I mean, it's not a happy experience. And now Melissa and I are, are on the same, eating some of the same foods, uh, and we're exercising together. My wife is running. I'm like, babes, you don't, can we, you, it's okay. She likes it. So I'm like, this is cool. But we are new dreams, and we have dreams uh, that we believe are God's dreams uh, about the um, opportunities we have to share our faith together and to be in community with folks that have differing views than uh, the Matthews or this uh, church and to be in community with them so we can have an opportunity to share our Jesus story and make a bold move to let someone know about Christ and his love, unconditional love for them. Uh, we have dreams about um, being increasingly hospitable and dreams for this church and dreams for um, our, uh, our family, vacation dreams as a matter of fact. We have some vacation dreams that they're still in California, uh, but we're looking forward to a getaway in July. Do you have dreams? Do you have a dream for uh, your family? Do you have a dream for your body? Do you have a dream for your work? A dream that you sense isn't from your own intellect it's, and experience, but it's from God. It's, it's God's inspiration. It's God-fueled, God-inspired. Do you have a dream for your finances, a dream for your um, emotional IQ, your, a dream for your uh, intellect, perhaps more education, uh, that you sense is God's dream, that he's uh, prompting you to consider? What we know is that without a goal, without a, um, a target, without something to look forward to, we succumb to being manipulated and led by other folks' agendas. We end up just being kind of, kind of a wandering person without any goal, and others are just leading us, and that's no fun. That ends up being potentially a life of regrets. I woulda, shoulda, coulda, a life of um, disappointment. Do you have 
a dream? Do you have God's dream? What we learned from uh, studying the survivors of the Holocaust, and I appreciated the special day we had uh, recently remembering them. I saw all the cars in Israel pulled over to the side with the sirens. I thought it was so appropriate. But do we, do we, we, we've learned that Holocaust survivors in those awful camps where um, Nazis uh, placed not only Jews, but also Muslims and gays and anyone else that they didn't like, that those folks survived uh, if given the opportunity to survive because they had something to look forward to. Have you ever found yourself in that place where you don't, you don't feel like you really have anything to look forward to? If that describes you or perhaps you're in need of God's dream, then this series written by uh, Rick Warren is for you. This series to let God's dream become your dream. In fact, my, my challenge today is to start prayerfully dreaming God's dream and building goals around it. Dream God's dream and build goals around it. And throughout this series, in the next 50 or so days, I'm going to ask you to commit this verse to memory. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you choose to have the mind of Christ, he will help you know and understand with certainty his dream, God's dream, not only for our community, for our church, but for you, your family, as it relates to you personally. Dream God's dream. I think there's a great example of someone in the Bible who dreamed God's dream. In fact, to help convey this, I need an actor this morning. He or she needs to be over about six feet tall. So if that actor or actress would just come down, that would be very helpful. An actor or actress that is six feet tall, please come down to the stage right and just step onto these stairs. I'll catch you if you go down. Uh, But as, so that's one of you. Uh, Come forward. Um, But you got to be over six feet tall. How many of you are glad today that you're under six feet tall? (laughs) So that person come down. Well, one of the classic examples of someone dreaming God's dream was uh, David, who was a young man in his mid-teens, and he was simply doing what he was supposed to do. He was doing uh, work that his uh, mother had sent him on. He was delivering cheese and bread to his brothers at the, at the football field of Israel, the battle line, the stadium, where um, Israel was standing up against uh, the Philistine army, and the Philistine army had brought out their biggest, baddest warrior. And they were singing at one another probably something like this, Red Rover, Red Rover, sing your, send your biggest, baddest dude right over. Red Rover, Red Rover, send, send your biggest, baddest dude over. And the guy they were looking at was nine foot six inches tall with a 75-pound spear and an incredibly heavy helmet. And he was their big bad guy, nine foot six. Well, we're going to try to simulate this. If we can have you come forward, that looks like Todd Denhalter, Coach Denhalter. Come on over here. Coach, if we can have you stand up on the steps here just for a second. Great. Yep. Come on all the way up here. We'll get a spot on him. And let's get you for certain a spear 
spear, yeah, and and let's get you, he had a helmet, this is all I could find in the back, if you could put oh, that yeah, on, yeah, yeah, so this is kind of a special day for you, uh, here, I'll hold your spear, all right, excellent, excellent, so coach, you're about six, six plus, aren't you? Perfect, perfect. So if you just kind of turn a little bit to the left. Uh, so here's, this is, okay, I'm five, eight and three quarters. This is, this is what David felt like. He was a shorter fella, maybe, maybe plus or minus my age. This is what he was looking at. This is the biggest, baddest dude in, uh, in Philistia. And uh, I promise you're not going to have to stay up there the whole sermon. Uh, but, but, yeah, it's very, but everyone was intimidated by this fella. No one wanted to mess with Goliath until David shows up. And let me read the narrative and then I'll give Todd a break. Uh, David shows up to this Red Rover game where if one, if, if an Israelite was willing to fight Philistia, they w- and fight Goliath in particular, they would simply uh, um, surrender to the other army based on the outcome of that event. David shows up, they're having a discussion about who, what is the reward for defeating Goliath. And they say the reward is that the, the, the king will give great wealth to the victor and will relieve the victor's parents of any taxes. Wouldn't that have been nice this year? There are rewards for dreaming God's dream. And setting goals. Jesus even teaches this in the Gospel of Luke. David asked the men standing, hey, what is going to be done for the who kills this big Philistine and removes this g- disgrace from Israel? I'm in, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and if you need uh, an adventure Bible or have one, raise your hand. Um, I'm on page 197. David asked the men standing, uh, you know, what, what, how are we going to, who's going to, what's the reward for taking this guy out? When David's oldest brother, Eliab, Eliab, heard him speaking, he burned with anger at him and said, why have you come down here and with whom ha- have you uh, lost those sheep in desert? I know you're, you're, how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. You, you came down here just to watch the battle. Isn't that interesting? When you dream God's dream, when you are trying with the best of intentions to do what the Lord asks, others will be very critical of you sometimes. Meanwhile, this Philistine continued to taunt. I'm kind of moving quickly. He continued to taunt Philistia. And uh, he said to David, Am I a dog that you come out here with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come... Against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I'll give you your carcasses of the Philistines' army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered will know that it is not by word rather by sword or spear, that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. David had a dream, and he had a goal. David had a dream, and he had a goal. So as the Philistine moved closer to attack David, David ran to the battle line to meet him, 
reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. He fell face down to the ground. David triumphed over the Philistine, and Israel triumphed over Philistia. Will you put your hands together for for Todd? Thank you. Thank you, coach. Great job. Excellent. (laughs) Really appreciate it. Thank you. Who's your giant? What's your giant as it relates to your job? What's your giant as it relates to your health, your body? What's your giant as it relates to your emotional health, your your desire to grow intellectually, to get more education? What's your giant as it relates to your finances? What's your giant as it relates to a relationship or Maybe looking back, a series of broken relationships. What's your giant? Transformation, letting the Holy Spirit have control over your dream and your actions, goal-setting measurable actions, has the capacity to bring down your giants. David had a dream, and the dream was noble. It was a pure dream. It was that the name of the Lord be brought glory. That was his dream. And he had a couple goals. The first goal was to find five smooth stones from the stream. He wanted five smooth stones from the stream. His second goal was to be accurate. Because Goliath has brothers. And if one stone didn't work, There are four other brothers out there that he needed to be ready to take down. He had a dream, he had a goal, and he went for it. I think this is one of the best examples in the Bible of someone who has has God's dream, who has this this holy discontent, this this kind of Popeye moment about the disgrace that's being brought God's name, and he wants to take a stand. His dream is that God's glory be reinstated, and that Israel be safe, that the neighboring nations would be um, pushed back, and that there would be peace in the land. And God honored this kind of dream. God honored David throughout his life. He, this kind of dream came from the right heart. The scripture teaches that, that David was a man like no other. David, the son of Jesse, was a man who had a heart after God he, because he would do whatever the Lord asked. If God gives you his dream, he expects you to do whatever he asks to get there. And that sometimes takes tremendous character. It takes significant goal setting. And yet sometimes if we're not willing to accept God's dream, the result can be, according to Ray Johnston in his book, Hope Quotient, there can be frustration, boredom, and regret. Frustration without a dream because if you don't set goals, you move through life from crises to crisis. Without a dream for your life, you're a reactor, not an actor. Boredom because you have nothing to shoot for and nothing powerful to capture your interest. The Apostle Paul, one of Jesus' most influential co-workers in the first century, wrote, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This PhD in uh, theology was sold out that God had a, not to be overly cliche, God had a plan for his life. 
in the same way that Jesus himself realized his father had a specific plan for his life, and he was on course for that plan, telling his disciples, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed. The Son of Man is going to be crucified. I have come to preach the gospel, to preach the good news. Very goal-driven, very goal-oriented. Paul says also that related to pursuing the prize for which we've been called, he says, this, all of us who are mature, should take such a view of things. That God is calling us to his dream. God is calling us to something bigger. God is calling us to something deeper. God is calling us to something that will transform our hearts and will help us be content with what he wants us to be content with. That will help us have the peace of Christ, the joy of the Lord, Christ's character in us. It will transform your heart if you'll go on this journey with us. How do you know that you are dreaming God's dream? There's a test that Rick provides. It's this. It's do my goals make me uh, uh, honor God? Are my goals God-honoring? We don't want to be pursuing goals that bring fame to our name, that bring fame to Scott's name or your family name, but goals that bring honor to God's name. Are my goals God-honoring? That's one way to know whether or not your goals and your dreams are from God. Secondly, are my goals motivated from love? Is the unconditional non-performance agapeo, agape love of Jesus Christ motivating these dreams? Am I, am I moved by the love of Christ that Paul talked about so much? And then finally, do my goals prompt me to be more dependent upon the community of Christ followers that I know? If you are on a God dream track, you are going to be increasingly dependent upon the body of Christ to support you in prayer to support you in friendship, to support you in every way. Whether you're pursuing a, a new diet, a new, a new body, a new education, you're going to need editors, whether a new emotional IQ, you're going to need support. Whether you're pursuing a financial dream or a business dream, you're going to need support. You're going to need praying people around you. You can't do it by yourself. That's how you know that you're dreaming God's dream. And, and if you're dreaming God's dream then you're going to be challenged personally to be very dependent upon God in three ways. Firstly, you will be very dependent on God's power. You will feel weak, as Natasha referenced this morning. When I am weak, you are strong. The Apostle Paul, one of the most equipped people in the church, said that he felt weak. And Jesus himself told Paul, when, when you are weak... You're strong because my strength is perfected in weakness. How do you know you're, you're pursuing God's dreams? You feel weak. You feel underqualified. You're just trying to justify your dream by working as hard as you can. Secondly, my goals give me an appetite for God's word. Why would that happen? Because I want to see narratives. I want to read biographies. I want to read prayers. I want to read examples that, that are that I'm experiencing personally so I can know I'm on the right track. It's God's word is like downloading a GPS into your heart to know that, uh, that, that has both antivirus effects and also keeps you on track for the way the Holy Spirit's leading you. And finally, do my goals prompt me to need God's people to support me? Very critical. Am I being prompted to need God's support? around me. Folks, the challenge in the next 
few weeks is to dream God's dream and set goals around that dream. Next weekend, I'm going to provide you a uh, leather-bound transformation workbook, uh, notebook for all the messages, and journal for 49 days. They're going to be here. If you are interested in having one, I would appreciate it if you would help me provide you one next week um, by taking the Connect card that Carrie referenced, turning it on the back, and just right on the back, Transformation Workbook. And I'll have one here for you next week. The cost will be about $10 for you. And you can go on this journey of letting the Holy Spirit lead you this spring and into the early summer lead you into understanding God's dream for your life, lead you in understanding how to set goals around God's dream for your life in multiple areas as it relates to your career, as it relates to your relationships, as it relates to your emotional, mental, and physical health. God's dream, not your dream. Can you imagine, can you imagine what it would be like if we all set goals around God's dream of our being spiritually, physically, mentally, relationally, and financially healthy. Can you imagine what God confidence you would be able to have? How your confidence would go up knowing that you're following God's dream. He will challenge you. I, I know that when I'm following the Lord, it's harder. But there's more joy and there's more peace And there's more of Christ in me. And I want all three of those. Can you imagine uh, the increasing peace that would result if you started to set goals around God's dream in your life? Just last night, I was thinking, wow, we have potential missionaries in our church. We've got one returning in May, Cheyenne Ledbetter. She's been in Cambodia for a year. She's coming back. She'll share her experience uh, in May. And last night, I was thinking, we have other potential missionaries that we're going to get to send to, uh, to very, what I would, very difficult to reach communities. Oh, I pray the Lord will consider us faithful to do that. And I heard this week that folks came to know Jesus Christ personally because we made bold moves to share our Jesus story and share Jesus Christ with folks. These are God's dreams for you and for our church. Good news all around from folks. Can you imagine the increasing peace and joy that would result if we began to dream God's dreams and set goals around his dream? What if as many as of a hundred of us got passionate about dreaming God's dream and setting goals around the prize for which we all personally sensed the Holy Spirit was calling us? What if half of us, just half of us, committed... Next week is when you'll start. You'll get your journal, and then you can start the daily devotions. What if we started next week spending a few minutes out of every day bowing before God, perhaps even getting on our knee and asking for God's dream and setting some measurable goals in seven areas of our life? I say the result will be transformation into the mind into the heart, into the body, and into the hands and feet of Jesus Christ for you personally. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, 